Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. If you're always being told by your family, your neighbours, your boss, your kids, everybody that uh, you need to shut up about guitar, and you're always thinking, well, all I want to do is guitar stuff, this is the podcast for you. Just to let you know, this is the podcast of axesandblades.com, which is an online space for everything guitar with a focus on the unique, innovative, and often custom-made as well guitars, but really it's for everything guitar, and with a focus on the people behind those amazing instruments and the stories behind them as well. So if you want to check out some awesome guitars, look at some guitar porn, do all sorts of awesome stuff to do with guitars, head to axisandblades.com. And if you're also wanting to follow along with the video edition of this podcast, if you're listening to the audio right now, you can do that and go check out Axes and Blades on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're also on YouTube, where you'll also see demo videos, pictures of awesome guitars, interviews with guitar builders, all of that sort of stuff. Now, today, what I was wanting to talk about is this guitar. If you're on the video podcast following along, you can see this, but it's on the audio. I can tell you that this that I'm holding in my hands is my Yasha model from JHG Guitars. Now, on the Instagram, I've got videos of this um, and there's more coming. And also on Axes and Blades on YouTube, there's a full demo and everything of this coming. So I'm not going to go through a rundown of what this guitar is. Um, again, if you want to see it, just check out the Instagram um, and, and, and follow along on YouTube. And if you want to hear sort of a full rundown of, of what the model's like and all the sound samples, we've got that coming up um, really shortly as well. But what I wanted to talk about today is something that this guitar, the Yasha model in general, not just this one, taught me about specs specifications and how sometimes maybe I at least can overfocus on the numbers and all the little things that you see written out in bullet points on either a website when you're going to buy a guitar or that you might see on a show next to a guitar all these specs you know what kind of pickups it has what's the nut made out of what what fret wire all these things super important right really help us to understand what the value is in the guitar to some extent so that's great. I think sometimes, though, we can get a little bit of some preconceived notions about things and have some sort of self-fulfilling prophecies about guitars because we've read things um, on the spec sheet. So this can happen, I think, with everything. Like uh, if you, for example, really love a certain brand, having that brand's name on a guitar to you is going to give it more value so maybe that means you're more positive about the guitar before you even played it and then as you go playing it you you have a better experience because you were more positive about it that's branding right brand has value you might already value the 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 product more before you've even got to to try out that that can happen we can all have these preconceived notions to some idea to some extent um in in our ideas of what the product will be like you know it's not really a problem that's just life you're going to think that um you know, if food is presented really nicely, you often apparently will think that it tastes better. You'll have an actual experience of it. You genuinely will enjoy the taste more. It will taste better in your mouth because it looked good 
you felt positive about it. You felt, oh, it's going to taste nice, and that positivity into it and everything like that meant that you enjoyed it more. Can happen with guitars, right? The branding, the actual aesthetics of the guitar can make it feel and sound better to us, and that's why we all enjoy those... Uh, one of the reasons we all enjoy those blindfold tests on, on YouTube and stuff like the Andertons guys do, you know, or if it's a tube amp, and I know it's a tube amp, I think it sounds better, but you put a camper and a tube amp out of the room and I just get the audio and, and suddenly, sometimes I prefer the camper. So something like that. Um, the interesting thing as well that I want to focus on with this guitar that's about feel. So the first time I played a Yasha model, it wasn't this one, um, it was actually a, a slightly different uh, setup um, in terms of pickups, it was humbucker pickups, and it was um, a surf green one. Again, there's videos of me playing this one as well. That was the first one I'd ever played, and I, I didn't know much about the guitars at all, and I, um, I didn't get any information about them, really. I just went into it, just thought it looked awesome. It was at a guitar show, and I went, I want to play that. And Hans at JHG Guitar was very gracious, and was like, yeah, awesome. Set me up with a nice amp. Um, I started playing it, and I could feel that it felt somewhat different to other guitars I was used to playing to, but I didn't know what. I didn't have any of that information, and I just went in with the attitude of, oh, I want to play that guitar. It looks great. It looks cool. I love the body shape. Um, I think it looks really cool. Um, it looks You can tell it's super well made and nice material, so I just wanted to enjoy the experience of playing a nice guitar. Um, I wasn't really judging it. I wasn't really even trying to be super analytical. I just wanted to enjoy it. Now at this time, you know, growing up like like most of us, what I was used to playing was guitars. You know, you got your like Epiphones, Schecters, Ibanez, LTD, like all this stuff. Used to playing guitars generally, these inexpensive guitars with these reasonably thin, or in some cases very thin neck profiles, um, and most importantly for what I'm thinking of today, the radius, you tend to be getting flat, reasonably flat radius, you tend to be getting like a 12 inch radius or something. It's, it's nice and easy to play. It's kind of modern feeling. Um, it builds a familiarity with those models, which is important at the lower end that if I then go, growing up want to get a more expensive one at some point, or as I'm progressing as a guitar player, I think oh, I want, I want a, to upgrade. That's the kind of neck I'm familiar with, and then I might go to that brand again, because familiarity is important, and what feels familiar is often just going to have an immediate feeling of the best. We develop and we get more kind of open to all these different types of feels of guitars, and we prefer some feels for something, some feels for another, but familiarity can give you an instant hit of, oh, I'm really enjoying playing this because I'm used to this feel. So that's what I was used to, it was kind of a 12 inch radius or flatter and, 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 and I think that's a very familiar thing for most of us. You know, even when we get out of beginner guitars, it's a very standard kind of feel, right? I think that's fair to say. Um, playing this, I could feel, when I was playing that Yash, I could feel something was different, but I wasn't really sure what. I just enjoyed it. And then when I went back to talk to Hans at JHG Guitars, then after playing it, I talked through all the things. I said, oh, I enjoyed this. Oh, what's going on with the switch and the knob here? That got that got some really interesting tones. Oh, it's a blend circuit. Okay. Again, I just went into it enjoying playing it, and that meant I got a really positive experience, but maybe it wasn't colored by me knowing that's a blend circuit. And maybe if I thought, oh, I think blend circuits are kind of a waste of time, then I would have been playing it and gone, oh, see, the, the sounds aren't that different, or, or whatever. But because I just went in 
got excited to play it and played it without <laughs> reading any of the material or asking for the specs. Um, that meant I just got cool sounds and I was like, this guitar has cool sounds. And then turns out it was a blind switch. Oh, okay. So maybe I like those now. And then what really surprised me was I said, you know, I, I said, oh, is this a, I think I said, is it a compound radius of some sort? And Hans said, yeah. And this was the bit that surprised me. He said, it's a seven and a quarter to 12 inch radius. And I was like, what? That is crazy. I could feel that it was different to what I was used to. But because I wasn't really being analytical, I was just enjoying it. I just thought it played well. And the reason it surprised me is because if you'd have told me without a guitar in my hands, if you'd have just said, hey, do you want to buy this, this one hanging on the wall over here? Do you want to play that? It's got a seven and a quarter inch radius, even with it being compound. I'd have been like, oh no, that's not gonna, that's, I'm not gonna enjoy that at the, at the lower end of the fretboard. You know, I'm not gonna enjoy that because I'm used to, I'm used to 12 inch radius. I, I, you know, I've played guitars with maybe nine and that's fine, but like, I don't wanna go to, to something like seven and a quarter. Like, I don't wanna go to that, that kind of vintage y feel, like, not for me at all. I just had that preconception of that's not for me. And in some cases, maybe it wouldn't have been, but I got to have a really cool experience with a guitar because I didn't know the specs. And so I didn't do my prejudgment. Um, I just enjoyed playing it. And it taught me the benefits of being a little bit more open-minded because I was kind of accidentally open-minded. I wasn't really. I just didn't know what the specs were. Um, and so I learned how nice and full sounding, maybe that's not if scientifically measurable, but at least to my perception, how full sounding single note work was when you're at these lower frets. You know, might be, again, a preconception that that's more of a vintage thing. And people think like, well, for open chords, or maybe if you're doing some kind of like, um, finger picking stuff up there, but, but, but that's the kind of stuff that that sounds good with. I just started riffing on it and actually for doing heavier riffing, single note stuff, including putting it in drop D, it sounded amazing because that's not our preconception of seven and a quarter inch radius. I would never have gone, oh, well, well that guitar's got a seven and a half inch radius. Great. Be perfect for metal. Let me try it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have done that, but because I didn't know the specs and I just was using my ears and my and my hands without those preconceptions filtering everything. I just felt, hey, this guitar, this Yasha thing, this is awesome for, for kind of riffing up here. It sounds great. Build quality probably contributes, very resonant guitar. Uh, the materials are really good. They're definitely like kind of loud when you strum them acoustically. I'm sure that all helps, but it also taught me the benefits of, of, of a different kind of radius that I would never have tried. Um, and I think, What's even more interesting is then I enjoyed it so much and I played a few different Yashas over time that I then even bought my own one. This is my own personal one that I bought um, from Hans after trying a few of them out. I tried a bunch of his models and again, I've got videos of me playing various different uh, Yasha models and I bought my own one. Now, the, the question that I find interesting is would I have bought a guitar looking at a spec sheet that said seven and a quarter to 12 inch radius. Well, I already said, I think I had a judgment where I wouldn't have done that uh, previously. So I got to the point where I even paid money for this 
level of guitar with specs on it that were completely different. This guitar also has, you might have seen if you're watching the video, three Jaguar single coils, Jaguar pickups from Fender in it. It's a weird loadout. I would have been curious. I would have thought, oh, I kind of want to hear that. But would the fact that they're from Fender Jaguars given me some preconceptions? What do I think of Fender Jaguar sounds like? Is that going to filter into me hearing this guitar? I'm not liking it as much. But again, because I went into, into all his guitars kind of blind, I didn't necessarily have that bad judgment. And then because it was his guitar that taught me this lesson of maybe let's leave the focus on the specs for a minute and just listen to the guitar and just enjoy the guitar. Because of that, when it came to, to me playing this model I have here with the Jaguar pickups, I just went, let's see what it sounds like. I've been surprised by these guitars before and they're, to, to me at the time, kind of odd loadouts with these pretty crazy compound radius for what I was used to and a, a pretty weird loadout of pickups and blend switches and all these interesting things that JHG guitars have. You know what? They've surprised me before, so I'm, I'm not going to focus on what the specs. I'm not going to ask all these things. I'm just going to try it. And I absolutely love this guitar, and that's why I bought it. It's a guitar that, on paper, I would not have bought before. It's a beautiful-looking guitar to me. I love the body shape of this. Um, and it plays wonderfully, and it's very high quality. And if I like, uh, in the process of getting to know Hans, knowing how much thought he puts into these things, that's all great. That all would have made me say, hey, yeah, that's a valuable guitar. Um, but would that have meant I bought it? Certainly not if I was focusing too much on the specs. Don't think I would have done. Um, I don't think I would have done. It was having a genuine experience with the instrument. Now, having said that, specs are still super important. Um, and I think they're the most important at the, the kind of low and mid-priced instruments value for money. That's how I navigate those things. That's how we all do. You know, okay, weighing up this guitar versus this guitar, you're going to be looking at, well, this one has Seymour Duncan pickups and this one has their own brand pickups. This one has upgrade to the GraphTech nut and this one still has the plastic. I'm going to do that. That's actually really, really useful with such a saturated market where you can buy basically a guitar every every 10 bucks. There's a, there's a guitar you could buy. If you go across all brands, it's guitars at literally every price point. It's, you know, it's, it's such a saturated market that it's one of the really useful ways to navigate it. And that's also because that's about value for money at those price points. That's really what we're getting. That's why we love the fact that we can buy guitars at all these price points because of the value for money. Like, oh my goodness, look at what I can get for 600 bucks these days. Because of that, specs are super useful. They're also useful because of the current situation we're in. We're not able to meet in person. I had that, that my first experience with the JHG guitars, which led to me buying this guitar I love. A guitar show. Um, it's hard to have that. I know guitar stores are opening, are open right now. That, that's awesome. I hope it stays that way. Um, if it's safe and everything. Um, and I, I think in those cases, that's a bit different. But right now we're in a situation where we are navigating online even more than we already were. And in that case, specs are super important. I'm not going to say specs aren't important. I guess the lesson it just taught me was to like we do with with brands we try to go okay i'm not just going to have a preconception about that brand we might we were aware that we have some preconceived notions based on branding that the way stuff is advertised to us we might go well that's a guitar just for metal and that's you know like a grandpa guitar and then uh something i might 
talk about in another episode, you have an experience like I went to see a black metal band that was using Fender amps, um, semi-hollow guitars, and then they just did, uh, they just had pedal boards. You know, that was the perfect, that was the guitar he chose. That was the guitar that that guitarist in black metal band, one of the black metal guitars wanted. I think it was, um, I can't remember what guitar I was using. It might have been uh, even a 335. You know, so you have an experience like that and then you go, oh, okay, no, that does open up my mind. That doesn't need to be this guitar for this. This guy sounds amazing. That's a great sound. And it's maybe even a little more unique than the guy with the ESP Eclipse going into the Mesa. Maybe, you know, he sounds great, but this guy sounds kind of different, but it still works. Um, you know, you have those moments where you go, oh, okay, that, that breaks down some of my preconceptions. Um, so I think it's just, even though we're always going to be navigating by specs, just to, just this experience just taught me to really try to fight against that, like you might with brand. Like you might go, well, I know now that, you know, this guitar brand isn't just for this genre of music. To try and do that with things like, um, to some extent, if we know we hate something, we know we hate it, but, and if you know you love it, you know you love it, but to try and do that with, with things like pick up, brands pick up types, radius, neck carve, um, and not necessarily go, well, I don't like thicker necks, to just go into playing a guitar. Maybe you start to just play differently and you go, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And then you go, oh, wait a minute, I'm playing this differently because it has a thicker neck and I wouldn't want this every day, but maybe I don't hate them. Maybe I just, I just have a different style of playing with them, but actually I can love them, you know? Um, I think that's that's what it taught me uh and it, there is also a difference that it taught me between when you're talking about like whatever you want to say boutique or custom or or high-end or small builders when you're talking about these like these builders and their guitars um these guys are not even in the room let's say you go to a guitar show and you've got a room for like whatever they, like boutique village or something you know the room at the, at the nam or at another guitar show where it's these small builders these boutique guys you're not even in that section unless you have the best specs, or you shouldn't be. So specs kind of become irrelevant, not irrelevant, but they kind of become like a, just like a zero sum game kind of thing. Like it's just the base level. Like if I go in here and you're like, oh, you know, I just use these cheap pickups and this uh, like part metal bridge from China that I found on the side of a road. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be weird, like, oh, what, what, what nut are you using? Oh, I, shoelaces. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, like, if the materials are bad and the specs are really bad, that person's not even going to survive in that room because everyone else in that room is using um, super high-quality wood that they're sourcing from places that's properly dried and, and properly prepared specifically for guitar building by guys that know what they're doing. And they've experimented with every kind of different material for for every different part of the guitar and they've tried all the different tuners and they know what works better with this and they know when to change to this type of tuner because of this other set of specs on the guitar and how it all comes together. Experienced luthiers making really good guitars, the guys who you should be meeting in those kind of situations and if you're looking for a custom build, the guys you should be talking to, um, they're not even in the conversation unless they have that. That's like a base level. Like, yes, if you're selling guitars for you know, two and a half, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand, you do not even get to start a conversation in my mind unless your specs are the best. So the specs are still interesting for us personally, but they become a little bit less important maybe than the lower level because 
it's just automatic. It's just these should be the best. And then my personal preference comes into me saying what I like and don't like. But I guess that's just the thing that I've been thinking about playing this guitar a lot, absolutely loving it, loving the compound radius is um, the fact that uh, these preconceptions that we, we know we have about brands or about guitar type can come into even all the little details of specs. And that when we are, you know, hopefully soon allowed to be meeting up in public and either going to guitar stores even more, you know, with friends or, or really about guitar shows, going to guitar shows or even going and visiting like a luthier and playing guitars in their showroom to ask about the specs second sometimes, to read the spec sheet second sometimes and just experience the guitar and just enjoy the fact that you're spending however long it is, five minutes, ten minutes, two hours playing guitar because that's awesome playing a new guitar maybe that's awesome just enjoy that go into it with the positive attitude of oh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy playing this nice guitar and see where that takes you because for me it opened up a whole learning experience but it also meant I found a guitar that I really really loved and now own um, and I had a great time that day as well just going oh the guitar's sick I just want to play it we'll talk about specs later I think it's a cool attitude, so I'd recommend trying it um, next time you go to a guitar store, um, wherever you're going. Go, oh, that guitar looks great. Pick it up and, you know, read the the spec sheet later. You know, check out, turn over and check out what kind of tuners it has and, you know, tap the nuts, see what material you think that is and read the logo on the pickups. Do all of that afterwards. Just plug in enjoy playing like kind of like when you're a kid you didn't know any of this stuff i didn't know any of this stuff at all i was just wanting to play guitar i didn't know anything about my guitar i just plugged in and played and that kind of purity i think can um help us help us actually learn about ourselves what we like and have great experiences too so anyway that's that's what i'm thinking about today i'm gonna enjoy playing my jhg yasha a bunch more today because now i'm talking about it i just want to play it and do what i said shut up and play guitar um so that's what i'm going to do we'll be back with another episode of this tomorrow remember to follow online wherever you get your podcasts from and if you want the video podcast you can go and check out axes and blades axesandblades.com axes and blades on instagram facebook youtube wherever and the music suggestion for Today, I think I warned you yesterday that sometimes I'm going to be stupid and not even give you guitar music on a guitar podcast. Oh, and that's one of those days today because I've just been loving this track. Um, this track is from an artist called Beverly Glenn Copeland. And the track that I'm suggesting you check out today is called River Dreams. And in the spirit of everything I just talked about today, so I'm not a complete hypocrite, <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about the artist. I'm not going to introduce the track. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. I'm just going to let you go sit down and without preconceptions, enjoy the track. So, have a good one, play guitar, and I'll catch you tomorrow.